Welcome to the Future Hero Podcast. My name is Baxter. This is episode four, and if you've been keeping up with me, I am going to be taking next week off of putting podcast up, uh, and I would love to get some feedback. This is a new endeavor for me. I'm only four weeks. This uh, episode completes the four-week mark for me. I'd love to get some feedback, uh, input, uh, things you liked, uh, things you might like to see more of. Uh, you can write me at Baxter at futureheropodcast.com. Baxter at futureheropodcast.com. If you have topics, I've already received a few emails, but if you have topics you wish for me to speak to or musicians, uh, especially musicians, if you have music or if you know someone who has cool music and they'd like to have it featured here, I would love to uh, communicate with them. Baxter at futureheropodcast.com. Today's episode, uh, the music is provided by Desert Dwellers. Desert Dwellers. Uh, the Desert Dwellers is made up of two guys, Amani Friend and Trevor Moon Tribe. Um, I know them personally. I'm not super tight. Uh, we've hung out a few times, and they're just uh, really cool people. I, I know I'm a little bit more familiar with Amani, and uh, he's just a really cool and very generous, uh, very nice guy. Desert Dwellers has been around for ever it seems like and they have loads of different types of music i was looking for something a little bit more upbeat today so we're going to go with a live set of theirs that is on soundcloud they're on soundcloud as desert dwellers and the track that we're going to listen to is a mix uh, that they have labeled 2015 earth heart tour which i'm pretty sure was the tour that they just completed with uh Kalia Centella and uh, I heard it was amazing. So anyway, thank you to Amani and Desert Dwellers, uh, Trevor, for letting me uh, use your music today. I'm pretty excited to be recording today i almost always because of my schedule record uh, really late at night you might can hear it in my voice and today the sun is setting as i talk to you it's uh, just a nice golden yellow light across everything i'm looking out uh, over my yard and it's just a it's a beautiful uh, scene and it really kind of you know, I know i'm sure a lot of you are not anywhere close to this but down here in the south we're starting to get into spring and such a wonderful time to, you know, like everything else in nature, you know, look forward to rejuvenation, you know, and look forward to green again. So if you're not there, it's on the way and uh, it feels nice to talk to you from this space. I'm not sure what you're going to be doing today with this podcast, but I hope you're moving your body. I think this would be a good one to do some yoga to or maybe run on an elliptical, right? Movement is medicine, my friend. It's preventative medicine, and it's really a shame. And I hope that we can work ourselves uh, off the couch, but it's a shame that more people uh, see it as such a luxury when uh, it's actually the key to your sharpness. The thing is, is that you are fooling yourself. Whether you come from an athletic past or not, you are fooling yourself. If you think that you are at your fullest potential, 
while ignoring your body. Unless you are somehow injured or incapacitated, your optimal self requires that you be in your body, that you take care of it. And I get it. It is hard to do. And uh, probably no fault of yours if your movement practice has moved away. It's hard to do. We're all so broke, we gotta work constantly for that cheddar. We don't get a chance to, to move, and when we do finally not have to work, we just wanna lie there and just absorb, and I get it. And I think it's good to come back and take that inhale once you get home from work. But it can be so life-changing for you to take that need to absorb, put something cool on YouTube, put a, put a podcast on, put something on to, to feed you, and that you're being fed nutrients you know, we, we're so aware, most of us in the health world anyway, that we, that we are what we eat, but we seem to kind of like forget that as far as like what we intellectually consume. And that you are what you intellectually consume. And so if you spend your time, you know, ODing on Facebook, you, you know, you become consumed in that. And so you can, you know, I don't want you to think about it necessarily as work, but something that interests you, a topic, find it on YouTube, find it in a podcast, uh, read if you can read while running or moving or something like that, do it. And it will feel the same as uh, dietary changes that you make. In fact, it probably will be even more sudden because the cool thing about thinking is that uh, once we allow it, we can change our thinking pretty quickly. Uh, maybe not our behaviors, but our thinking can change pretty quickly. And when the thinking starts to change, that the thinking is the foundation of the behavior, right? And so as that foundation changes, uh, morphs, uh, those behaviors built on top of it tend to crumble. Oh, Bruce. And so whatever you're doing to listen to this podcast, I encourage you to to move and if you don't have a movement practice in your in your life right now and what I mean by that is something that you do um, regularly uh, in spite of mood you know in spite of uh, immediate uh, gratification although although I must say that you know the, the body is not some like ungrateful teenager that doesn't understand the sacrifices that you're making you know that just feels entitled to you waking up at five in the morning and taking care of them. No, your body on the other hand, it, it gives you like a boost of warmth and awesome the moment that you get off the mat, the moment that you put the hoop down, the moment that you stop playing, whatever it is, you immediately feel usually awesome, especially if you haven't been injured. And even if you go home and you're exhausted and tired, the next day, the next day, there is this lingering feeling of satisfaction that you did something good for you. And your body thanks you immediately, right? Like, it, you know, you, you go and you work the body out and you break a hard sweat and the body's like, thank you, here's some clarity. Thank you, here's some peace of mind for you. 
you know what? That anxious energy you have, I'm gonna get rid of it. You're not waiting for the, you don't have to wait for the body to say thank you. You immediately feel it. And I get why we forget. It's like, you know, even yogis and movers of 10 or 20 years sometimes uh, can remember after a good session why they do it. That it's, uh, it, we can forget and before we do it, I don't know why human beings have the shortest of memories. <laughs> All we remember before we do it is the drive to the yoga studio or the drive to the movement class and having to get our stuff and being sweaty afterwards. That's what we remember before we go in. Then once we're there, then we're triggered with all the memories of why we do it. It's that old expression, you know, no one ever went to a yoga class and regretted it. And it's true. These guys have all types of sounds. I've been listening to them uh, ever since a few years ago when I ran into, uh, when I was first exposed to them in Toronto. But I've seen them everywhere now. I've seen them at Burning Man and at clubs all over the place. and. Uh, Every time, I, I just feel like they have such a unique sound, it's kind of hard to compare their sets. This is Desert Dwellers and they're on SoundCloud. So, why do we get away from a movement practice or why do we fall away from the activities even you know let's just broaden it up and say activities that are good for us and why do we pull away from those activities well my belief is that we become fixated and by fixated i mean stuck In one of my other podcasts or meditations, I, I mentioned the, the panic that it has created from stuckness. And we talked about uh, identity as a potential uh, place of getting stuck. And there is also what I call fixation. And, you know, not that I invented the word, but you know what I mean. Fixation. Ram Dass mentions, uh, I think he's referencing someone else actually in a lecture about fascination, becoming fascinated. It's something that I think that we are all guilty of for a variety of reasons. I don't know if you've, if you know anything about psychedelics at all, but what makes psychedelics and what has made them so powerful for people is the same thing that makes them so dangerous for people and that is is that many of those psychedelics 
can cause the awareness to become stuck, to become sticky, as it were. Not stuck, but sticky. So that your awareness kind of latches on to something and it doesn't really let it go. And you've probably read stories where it can go either way, where someone's awareness gets, uh, their stick awareness is sticky and it gets stuck to love and it's life changing and beautiful for them. And then there's people who can have their awareness uh, stuck on fear. That it's sticky and it something makes them afraid and, and the next eight hours is about that fear. It's a sticky awareness. And so by calling it a sticky awareness, I guess I'm also, you know, implicitly and explicitly implying that it shouldn't be sticky. And this is a philosophy that's definitely not mine and uh, it's passed around a lot in, uh, you know, different Eastern philosophies of a floating awareness. And uh, the best way I can describe it is, uh, well, I'm a hoop dancer. And, you know, although the hoop is moving around me wherever it is, uh, it is, you know, stimulating, uh, touching me, uh, stimulating my, uh, you know, my reaction to it. And it is making physical contact with me, but my awareness, it could be at my shoulders, for instance, and my awareness will be perhaps at my feet. And my belief, uh, or uh, my adopted belief, I guess you would say, is that awareness is, by its nature, supposed to be free and just moving around and, and going wherever it can. And that's the beauty of awareness. Uh, that's what it can do that focus cannot do. And it's almost better uh, the less we hold on to our awareness and let it go. It's, it's almost like trying to uh, think about only one thing before you go to sleep at night. You know, it's hard to focus on one thing before you go to sleep at night. The body starts, the mind starts shuffling things in all of a sudden. Awareness is similar that way. And it's good, in my opinion, to let it float. And when it becomes fixated in your day-to-day -day life in your sober walking around life when it begins to get fixated it produces another type of stuckness but the stuckness is more gravitational it's more like a black hole <laughs> where you're spinning around a slowly descending spiral It's like the fixation itself is the, maybe the pull, and you are spiraling around that pull, you are fixated. But you're not stupid. And that's what I really want to talk about today. First of all, we need to drop any kind of labels like stupid on yourself. It's demeaning, it's silly, I don't think you even believe it. And there's stupid actions, perhaps, stupid mistakes, but you're not stupid. You could be 
fixated though where you've made your whole focal point of perception about this thing and that your awareness is stuck to that and while it's stuck and fixating it's not floating and attending and taking in input of anything else that's going on and you know you could almost think of these fixations like obsessions things that you obsess about that's nice It's like there's trial and there's error. And when we're in the clear mind and we make a decision to do something and that decision doesn't work out, that's not a mistake. That's just life. That's just what happened. You moved to the town. It wasn't what you thought. That's just life. To say that that's a mistake is to set a really hard standard for yourself. Because that means that you need to be even smarter and more clear, <laughs> that's possible. Now, I think mistakes come from when we're not in clarity and we make a decision. And what we label as us being stupid, like always dating the same assholes or something like that, that's actually just a fixation. You know, I know uh, lots of people men and women and they are cursed with dating the same type of person over and over and over again and it's not that all of their exes got together and decide we're going to date this person over the next 30 years it's that a fixation that this person has is fed by some quality of this person I mean, the classic example is the person that always wants to date rescue projects, you know, or just in general, the person that escapes into attempts to rescue other people, and they become fixated on it. And the problem is, is that that fixation is sticking their awareness, and they're not really that awareness is not freed up to inform them that they are the one that needs rescuing. That they themselves need their own helping hand. And life is tough. And we need both of our hands, not just to help each other, but to help ourselves. So I've watched a lot of people who are super generous with their time and love slowly become bitter because their fixation on rescuing others denied them the nurturing of themselves. And we know, we know that if you're doing the good work out there, it is energetically taxing enough. 
money. That's a fixation that we almost all have. It's really hard. It's really hard to have your life circling around any other pole when you're not sure how you're going to afford rent every single month. When you're not sure how you're going to pay off this every single month or that you'll even be able to eat something beyond a box of pasta for the next week. I feel you. Another example, it's hard when you're can't you're so fixated on your loneliness. Where you're you just feel alone. And and you know the thing is is that people in relationships go through massive bouts of loneliness. Loneliness is not just the domain of the single. And it can become a fixation where your awareness is just uh, you know, like a bad trip is just on the fact that you feel lonely all the time. That no one here can relate to you. That there's your people aren't here and that your friends don't really know you after all these years. It's a type of fixation. And where it's troubling is anytime awareness gets stuck, it's not there to show you all the people that are around you or all the opportunities that you're not taking, all the chances to meet, to be out there, to not be lonely that you're not taking advantage of. And because you're fixated, you're, you're not willing to bring in new techniques so much. You want to stick to these old techniques of not feeling lonely, not feeling broke, And there are two ways to get out of a fixation, to become unfixated. And the two are distraction, escapism, same thing right now, and focus. The problem with distraction is that as the fixation grows, like, like imagine circling winds that become a bigger and bigger storm, that to jettison out of that circling force pulling you down into the middle, it requires more and more, shall we say, jet fuel. To push your rocket out of that requires more and more jet fuel. It requires bigger and bigger distractions. And those can be chemical distractions or sometimes you like uh, to get out of the fixation, you, you distract yourself by obsessing about someone or obsessing with someone or what have you. It's a type of escapism. It's a type of way of breaking the hold of the fixation by being rocketed out of its current. And it works. We've all had that one time, you know, that maybe the best thing we could have done at that point in our lives was to go out and get drunk that night or roll one up or whatever. But the problem with fixations is that they don't usually last just one night. 
and generally you wake up however distracted you were the night before you wake up and you're fixated again like a marble rolling its way down the spiral and so the problem with escapism is that it has no momentum because you keep coming back down you keep coming back to that same circling water so what we need to get out of it is uh, a type of momentum that could pull us away from it and I'm not saying it's the only way but the way I suggest is with focus with focus and there's an easy way to, to do this in, in real time and that is to the next time you're going through a panic moment lots of worry you feel like you're overwhelmed sit down and breathe for three minutes sit down and breathe for three minutes and focus only on your breath and it's hard for people especially intellectuals to do this but just you know if you can't quiet the mind just narrate the breath and don't wait and analyze and that focus focusing on the breath can have a transportive effect where you are pulled with momentum out of the fixation and once you're pulled out of the fixation you kind of hopefully it's almost like you 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 walk out and you turn around and you see where you were and of course it doesn't mean that you're not going to go back in there the moment you stop focusing on something but it gives you a respite. It gives you a chance to not feel like you're drowning in whatever your fixation is. Again, you know, this isn't a dating podcast, but the life of dating reflects a lot of this fixation idea where we become fixated on our singleness. Perhaps we become fixated on our relationship as well. And in the process of doing that, our awareness is held captive and it's denied a chance to self-nurture us. Like here's an example, maybe an unusual one, but maybe I think this will get my point. It happens over and over again when people are single and then they start dating someone because you watch them go through it they break up with somebody and they become fixated on their hurt they become fixated on how that person was a jerk to them then at some point their warrior their future hero shows up and they decide they're gonna screw that guy or girl or whatever and go to the gym 
start going out, uh, you know, hotline, hotline bling type stuff. And when they are going out, they are focusing for a moment because they start doing yoga, they start uh, doing these things that are healthy for them, and they're focusing for a moment away from their fixation. Now, it's okay if you're single to want to be dating someone. That doesn't mean you're fixated on it, but you take this break. And what happens is you start going to yoga and even, or I keep saying yoga, but I'm not even a yoga guy, just saying, you know, a positive athletic activity. And they go to it and they start feeling good and yoga starts to do all the nonverbal things that movement practices do and they start to feel better and they've got momentum. And it's exciting. And when you talk to them, like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they stop talking about their ex and they start talking about the future and it's exciting and you can, you can feel their momentum. And they're like, kind of, they, like, they have things on their calendar and they're, they're doing things. And then they meet the person and they become like, not just in love. We all get, we all fall in love and that's, all, you know, we only see that person for a while, that's great. But then they become kind of fixated, maybe because of a past hurt or something, on the idea that this person could leave them. They become fixated on that, or fixated like if they've been cheated on before, they become fixated. Jealousy is a fixation, is it not? I mean, wow, what a stinger of a fixation is jealousy. When you are jealous, I mean, how much would you pay? That's one I've seen, uh, I used to be a bartender, and I've seen dudes really try to drink off to sort of jettison themselves out of the fixation of jealousy. And it never works. <laughs> and so it's like all the momentum that this single person has that they've gathered while being single and exploring themselves and learning who they are, they lose it because they become fixated on losing this person and they choke the life out of that relationship. And of course, this is just one example and, you know, that I hope you can sort of extrapolate and understand my meaning and apply it across different situations. Pessimism is a type of fixation where you have decided that it will be better for you to lower your expectations, to assume the worst constantly so that you walk around. But meanwhile, your awareness is denied optimism. Like imagine it like this. Pessimism is like one way of seeing the world, and if your awareness is in pessimism, if you're fixated on pessimism, then everything that you see, your brain is making, using as evidence to make the case for validating your pessimism. If that makes sense, it's like you're walking around, because pessimism is an expectation, right? That it, it's something that you're seeing in the future. So if you're a pessimistic person, you, you will manifest, that world will come into being it, it, because it's a perception. And so you're walking around and everything you see, because your awareness is stuck there, it's discarding everything that would, would be contrary to pessimism. And it only wants to, it's like filtering for you only the stuff that's gonna feed your pessimism. It's a fixation. 
And again, this is something that you see people use chemicals to sort of break out of, to feel the euphoria again of optimism. But if you can become unfixated on pessimism, then of course that allows for optimism. It's sort of the, the other side of that idea. And so then when you are open optimistically, it doesn't mean that you're gonna start creating things out of thin air. It means that your perception, as you're walking through the world, you are open to the clues that things are gonna work out. Whereas if you're pessimistic, you're only open to the clues that things won't. So you're not stupid. It's not stupid that you keep making the same mistakes, but I bet that those mistakes are coming from a non-clear place in which you are fixated. And that you're so fixated on a particular thing that it has tied up and held hostage your awareness. And we're not talking about magical powers here. We're talking about perception. Your ability to take in as much information as you can requires that we become unfixated. That we allow our awareness to float. That's nice. These guys can totally get down. Well, we're already out of time today. Thank you. I hope that this helped get you through your commute or your run or your stretch or whatever. If you'd like to send me a, an email, my email is baxter at futureheropodcast.com, futureheropodcast.com. The music today is provided by Desert Dwellers. Desert Dwellers. They are on SoundCloud. This is the 2015 Earth Heart Tour recording. I think it's at the top of the page. Uh, thank you to Desert Dwellers for letting me use your music. It's been wonderful. I will not be putting up a podcast next week, and we'll come back in two weeks from now. Thank you very much. <laughs>